Perfect. Thank you. Is it afternoon yet? Yeah, technically. Good afternoon, everyone. How you doing? I've, um, I've been here since like eight. Uh, this is my fourth group, but I've been looking forward to this one. I feel like there's a lot of things that I'm going to talk to you about and show you and share with you that will be really useful and relevant right now. It's one thing trying to explain to a year seven that um, they're going to have to like, know what choices to make when they leave school. And it's another speaking to you guys who are much closer to that point. So um, my goal today is that there's at least one thing and you know, we can treat it a little bit differently. We can be a bit mature about it. That there's at least one thing that you can take on board that's going to help you right now in where you're at in life. But then also something that might surprise you in a few years time that happens sometimes but it only happens when you've got an open mind so first thing really is all I'm asking for you from you really is to have an open mind for the next sort of 50 minutes if you have an open mind or rather when you have an open mind ideas can be planted seeds can be planted things can change things can grow things can develop if you have a closed mind it just bounce off the lid thank you and nothing changes well actually no it still does change because guys everything always changes it just means that you are less likely to be in control of where you go more control of where you go there's a three-step process that i think is really really important and that is number one saying yes to opportunities number two Understanding that when you say yes to an opportunity, you're going to get a door slammed in your face at some point, there's going to be a challenge. But when you know that's already going to happen at some point, you can be a little bit ready for when it does. And number three is a word that is on the wall out here. So walking in first thing this morning was really quite cool seeing that. Begins with R. Anyone want to hazard a guess as to what it is? Someone else said respect. There must be respect somewhere else. Resilience. You guys, some of you have been coming here for like years now, right? I'm sure you've seen that word many, many times. Resilience is the third part. Number one was what? Number one was say, say yes. Number two, there will be what? There will be a challenge. Yeah, yes. Door slammed in your face. Exactly what I said. Yeah, challenge. And number three, resilience will be an essential ingredient. You see that word on the wall every day, but maybe what you haven't realized, or maybe you have, is that it's a bit of a superpower. Because with resilience, you can keep going. You can keep going. So this is a careers day, and I'm hoping because I'm not really a master of anything, really. Uh, I've tried a lot of different things, but that puts me in a really unique situation. Because it means, hopefully, I'll be able to connect with lots of you, rather than if I'd have done one thing for 20 years, only a few of you. I've tried lots of different business ventures. Some have gone really well, some have gone badly. Some have started well and ended up going badly. Some have started badly and ended up well. I've tried lots of different projects. I've been involved in lots of different things. One thing that I have always been is somebody who has been willing to give it a go. Because I don't think it matters what you start with. Doesn't matter where you're from. Doesn't matter how good you are at the beginning you can achieve and you can get to levels of success that make you happy. But one thing that you can guarantee is if you don't give it a go, you will never get there. 
So the attempt, the energy that's required to try something is something that I've always held quite close to my values and philosophies. Maybe some of the stuff I share with you today will help. So, guys, I have got six rules for success in life. However, I was thinking about this, and I'll tell you a little secret, I've actually changed the presentation because when I see something like that, I don't know about you, I thought this earlier, I have to creep out of my house in the morning, I leave at half five in the morning because I want to go and get my exercise done before everyone else starts messing with me. So I have to creep out of my house. I've got a four-year-old and a seven-year-old and a 36-year-old. 36-year-old is my wife, not a child. So I have to creep out of my house and try not to make any noise because if I wake the four-year-old, she wakes the seven-year-old, which inevitably wakes the 36-year-old. If I wake the seven-year-old, he wakes the 36-year-old, which then somehow wakes the four-year-old. And if I only wake the 36-year-old, it's kind of the worst one for me. So I have to be really careful. And it's like dark as well, so I've sort of mapped out where to stand. And sometimes I get it slightly wrong and I have to do two steps instead of like one bigger step. And it's really difficult, it makes the floor make a noise, someone stirs in their beds and I'm, oh my God. Anyway, so I, not important. So I got out of the house, success, first success of the day, good job. Went to the gym that I own to go and do my workout. And I was doing box jumps. Anyone ever done box jumps? I mean, the year seven said yes. <laughs> box jumps, box was about that high. About that high but I wasn't really paying attention I, I nearly stumbled as I, I jumped up on one of the, the reps today and it's because I was thinking about this because I was thinking about what I was going to say to you guys today about like these things I want to share I actually um, have no right to tell you anything nobody knows your life better than you do nobody knows your life better than you do at the age that you are now nobody knows your life better than you do in 10 years time in 20 years time. Nobody will know your life better than you when you're 100. And either looking back at successful, happy life or sitting there with arthritis and regret. Sorry, but that's possible. <laughs> so, point being, whatever I say today, you just take whatever it is that works for you. If it's useful, take it. Who knows, you guys have heard of Bruce Lee, right? I mean, you don't want a motivational quote, that guy's got a lot of them. Bruce Lee, um, his philosophy of martial arts was that he would take things that were useful for him. He would go and fight with someone from a different style of martial art and he would see something and he would go, teach me that, and he would take that for his own and he would make it part of his fighting style. What he wouldn't do was learn all of it. He would just take the bit that worked for him because he was already of a great level of understanding. You are already of a great level of understanding of your life because it's you. You're you. You've been you since the start. So take what you think might be helpful and the rest you probably will never remember ever again. And I'm okay with that as long as there's at least one thing. So this is what I decided we call it instead. Uh, six tips based on what I've experienced that will probably help see you in the right direction but still require you to find your own way through. So anyway, good luck. But yeah, it should be good. That's the name of the talk. It's quite a mouthful though. So to give you a little bit of an idea, like, okay, that's cool, I'm on board, but who is this guy? Why should you listen to me? Well, you don't have to, other than you, you kind of do, because your timetable says you've got to be in here. 
But here are some of the things that I've done. I mentioned before that there's lots of things, not really a master of anything, but have tried a lot of different things. The top left is the current company that I run now, Tide55. We're a digital marketing agency, and what we do, I've got a small team for, we do all the marketing campaigns for our clients, all different clients in different industries. So when they want to earn more money, they come to me and say, go on then, find us some more customers. We then run the campaigns, make the media, we get videographers in, we make the, the posts for social media, we run the email campaigns, we do all that, we do the ads, whatever they need. That's the here and now. I started that company in lockdown. 2020, I was um, having a little bit of a hard time with my career at the time, and luckily was given a little bit of space and time to figure it out. I needed to change, guys, because my career was absolutely tanking. Things were not going well for me. So I thought, right, there's only one thing you can do. Say yes to the opportunity, invite the challenge, be resilient. I got into the garage at eight o'clock every night with my laptop, moved all the junk out of the way, got myself a little chair to sit on, and I worked on trying to get this company to become real. Fast forward to where we are now, and that is what I do full time, day in, day out. So all the other stuff that I was doing before, I no longer do daily. I still have responsibilities. I still, as I mentioned before, own a gym, but my input on that is very minimal because that's my main focus every day. This was one of the most um, proudest moments for me. Speaking in front of people, by the way, is just something that I've always done throughout the journey. As a personal trainer, which is what I started as, as a gym owner, as someone who gave motivational talks, and now as someone who runs a digital marketing agency, I've just always kept that going along the way. And maybe there's something there for you as an idea. You don't have to be just one thing. You can have lots of things that you can do, lots of things that you enjoy, because time's precious. So why not give lots of things a go? That's the approach I take. And this was me giving a TEDx talk. Who's heard of TEDx? I mean, the year seven's had. Heard of TEDx? I'm sure you have heard of TEDx. You get to stand in a big red circle, get to share a little bit of wisdom. It goes up on their TEDx YouTube channel. Some of the videos get a few hundred views, some of them get a couple of thousand views, and it blows my mind when I think 120,000, I think the last time I looked, people have seen that, and that's just me talking like I am to you guys now. But that for me was the biggest achievement that I could possibly achieve. I never thought I'd ever do that. Occasionally, I like to. Um, invite people to come and talk on my podcast. We talk about lots of different things. Now, what's cool about that is that that doesn't pay me any money, but if there's a business owner that I've literally targeted, I know his name or her name, I know what they do, and I know what they're into, I know what their problems are, I know what they're looking to achieve, I will make a podcast about that thing. I'll make an episode and I'll bring a guest on to help me illustrate my points and talk about that thing, and then I'll send them an email and I'll say, Listen, you do that thing, don't you? I'm not sure if you've seen it or not, but I've just had a little chat with Tonto about it. You might find it useful. There you go. And what usually happens is they email back and say, thank you, that was really useful, to which I say, when shall we meet then? And we have a meeting, and often it turns into business for me. So it can become a tool. The reason why it's there is because creativity, for me, is really, really important. And you guys, you probably have things that you do with your creative energy. And it could be another thing, again, lots of possibilities that you could tag on to whatever it is that you're doing now or that you want to do in the future. Doesn't take much these days. I started my first podcast in 2014 and getting that episode to go on the internet was hard work. Now, you can do it in a matter of seconds. 
down here that's me there i won that title there that world champion that's the wcjjo lightweight championship in sport jiu-jitsu and guys i never thought i'd ever win a world championship honestly i was not that kid i was bang average at most things sporting academic most things but i would always give it my best and as a result of always just trying to do my best i found myself stood on a podium getting presented with a wwf belt is what it looks like but a world championship belt and a gold medal to go with it um which honestly i thought would never happen has anyone ever seen like the last set or the last point at wimbledon when that ball goes over the net and that person wins what do they usually do <laughs> and that's exactly what i did so i was in the final i'd already won like four fights i'm in the final i'm actually up against one of my teammates which is weird we've been training together for years now we're looking at each other five minutes ago we we're having a little chat now we're about to go head to head to try and win this gold medal and if i'm completely honest with you i was happy with second that's weird isn't it like i was happy with second i thought i'd already had a go a few years back in las vegas and i lost every fight and i lost every round i was terrible but that wasn't good enough for me and i tried harder i worked harder i trained harder and here i am again and this time i'm going well i've got the england tracksuit this time i've got a little silver medal my brain's playing tricks on me and going that's fine you don't need to win this so i took the pressure off myself which in a way maybe that was helpful but it was actually a losing mentality weirdly though i won the first round all right cool at least i've put in a good effort is what i was telling myself at least when you got your silver medal you can say you won one of the rounds as well good job mate guy won the second round obviously because i was going to throw it away because i was happy with second but then something really weird happened in the third round we drew hmm so it's the final fight gold medal imagine like karate kid like those people watching yeah i know you're vibing with that and we drew so now we're going to sudden death no one knew what happens because it's never happened before we're going to sudden death that means we've got 30 seconds and whoever gets the most points wins you can get points by landing punches you can get points by landing kicks you can get uh, points by doing a takedown that's worth five points that's the highest one and you can win by getting a submission Just tapping them out this guy's good man like he he came out fast he was trying to hit me i managed to get out of the way a few times he grabbed me a few times i managed to get away i wasn't really doing any attacking but then i was so tired as well he tried to grab me but sort of slipped off my shoulder and overextended just a little bit and in like a moment of like all the hours of training and doing the same drill millions of times it just happened i just turned and he kept going and i turned and i did this and he went over my shoulder he landed on the floor i got five points and i go oh no yeah i go oh no oh no i'm winning what so i just jumped on him and i held on to him for dear life because i knew there was only a few seconds left and i knew that those five points were going to get me that win he tried to submit me while i was down on the floor my defense wasn't great he nearly got it that would have been bad wouldn't it but luckily 
they called the end of the fight. We stood in front of each other. The judges then have to hold up red or white. So I've got the red, he's got the white. Boom, red, 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 red. Wow. And that was, for me, that was shortly after there, I fell to my knees and I cried like a big baby and I don't care. I was on the phone to my old senseis. <laughs> I won, I won. They were like, oh, well done. Like, like doing the washing up at the same time or something. But like, it was such a magical moment for me and I never thought that was possible. I guarantee, well, I, I can't guarantee actually. It's a choice, it's up to you. I can't do it for you. But there are levels of potential that you can hit in areas of your life them you might never reach you'll never know maybe others you will reach certain levels and you will know that there's more there for you like when I lost all my fights and thought I think I can do better than that went back again you will know and you go again but when you these channels of things that you do things you find useful and you just keep going and you just keep saying yes and you keep challenging yourself and being resilient before you know it, you get to a certain point where you're achieving what you thought was unachievable once upon a time. I can tell you that because I was where you were now, just sitting there listening to someone and thinking, good for you, mate, but great, I don't think I'm gonna ever do that. Okay, yeah, you might not do that, but you'll have your version of that. I only remember one talk ever. I only lived, I'm like born and raised in Andover, just down the road. And I remember one talk when someone came into assembly and he was banging on about how he'd cycled down from like Scotland all the way down to England in like seven days. And it was amazing. And he's so fit and he's got a bike. Cool, man. And I just remember thinking, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to be able to do something like that. Good for you, mate. Not for me. I've got like exams and like just trying to just get through school without getting like any drama like attached to my name. I'm just trying to do my best to just get through it. Good for you, mate. That's the, that's the only one. So I get it, if that's happening now, I, I do. But there will be seeds being planted. Really quickly, wrote a book, Jim, and this here. The Jamie G Sporting Trust is a charity of which I'm the chairman of. What we do is we give out money and grants to under 18s in the Andover area. So we've helped lots of sports clubs and lots of individuals. We've given out just over 200,000 pounds worth of funding since we started. And that's something um, that I'm gonna share a little bit with you today too. So do you remember how many of these things that we're gonna go through? I said there was a number, yeah, six, good. Right, number one. Keep your options open, guys, especially when you don't know what to do, what we don't know what you want to do. Um, out of interest, show of hands who knows what they wanna do in the next three years. Next three years. Hands down. A uh, little show of hands if you don't know what you want to do with your life in the next three years. Okay, cool. I've got one thing to say to both camps, okay, that might help. If you know what you want to do, do not waste any time. Be obsessed with that thing. Learn everything you can about it. Make connections with people that are already doing it. You might think, oh, they're not gonna listen to me, I'm just like a kid. They will listen to you if you show enthusiasm and positive attitude. Make connections with people, get amongst it. Learn things that you won't get put on a plate in front of you. Because guess what? 
out there, and I know this because I employ people, right? I'm an employer. There will be a job description and there will be job candidates. Now, there could be someone who, know, who knew what they wanted to do right now in your situation and your age, but just took that as, yeah, I know what I want to do. I'm just sort of going to bumble about for a bit and see what happens. And then there'll be someone else who knew what they wanted to do, but didn't waste any time and found loopholes, little things that they could learn, nuances outside of what's given to you, outside of the textbook, outside of the curriculum. Find extra things. And it will be that person that will be more than likely employed because they'll have an edge. That could be go traveling. That could be go see it in a different country. Go see it done in a different culture. Bring different perspectives to the table. But the choice is there for you guys that know what you already want to do. You either be comfortable with that or you don't waste any time. Those of you who don't know what you want to do yet, guess what? That's cool. I was the same. I didn't know what I wanted to do until I'd left school. Didn't have a clue. But what you can do, and probably the only thing you can do when you don't know what to do, is do what you enjoy. There is nothing wrong with putting out a cheeky job application to somewhere where you are definitely under, underqualified for. Right? And you might not get that advice today, but this here was me on my first day as a personal trainer in Auckland, New Zealand. 28th of December 2007, was anyone born? Oh, cool. That's the first time. Obviously around the edges. Yeah, get it. But this is my first day. Look at my little face. Look how happy I am to be there in my uniform, getting my photo taken to be put on the wall with all the other personal trainers. I'm in this magical country on the other side of the world. But guess what? I wasn't qualified. I was about one month away from my full qualification. And that's probably bad advice on a careers day. But sometimes you've got to put yourself amongst it. You've got to create opportunities for yourself. I went out to New Zealand, I sought this gym out, I knew I wanted to work there, I got in front of the right person, I managed to get an interview, and that was me on my first day. Now, I didn't look like that on my second day. Wasn't happy, wasn't smiling. Can you guess why? Because they checked my notes. Oh, hang on a minute. You haven't finished qualification. They uh, called me into the office and said, what do you think you are doing? And I said, well, um, I can see how bad this looks. But I'm really passionate about this. I wanted to work here. I sought this out of all the places I wanted to work. I wanted to work in this gym. I want to work for you. I want to learn from you. And I want to be one of your most reliable personal trainers. I will do whatever I can to get this qualification done. What can you do to help me stay here? And they sort of said, we'll help you finish qualification. But if you ever do anything like that again, you're going back to England. And that was it. And they had the power on me because they had my visa. So they could, have they could have done that to me. But that was there. You've got to keep your options open. Listen, if you feel like there's something that you want to do, pursue it and ask questions and keep asking questions until you eventually get there. It might seem unrealistic. Maybe. Maybe there's a different way. I don't know. You, you live your life. You choose your choices. There might be more of a straighter road for you. But that's what I had to do to make my dream come true at that time. I stayed out there for a year and a half. Um, then I got a bit homesick. I felt like I wanted to come back. I wanted to come home. I wanted to spend time with my family. My brother was 
13 at the time and I knew like that going into that sort of tricky time going into teenage years I thought it'd be quite good for me to be around to help him out um, so I decided I'd come back to England but I had a load of business ideas I was going to start a personal training studio and then maybe grow that into a gym I knew what I wanted because I'd had that experience out there and I was ready for it I had a great social life I was happy I was healthy and I actually remember saying to myself my life's perfect my life is absolutely perfect. I have it really good. I love my life. I love who I am. I love who's around me. And it's just awesome, right? I was back playing football with my friends at the weekend. Loved it. Saying yes to opportunities is one thing, but then challenges come your way. And sometimes you know what the challenges are going to be because they make logical, chronological sense. You will have exams. You will do job interview. You will do this because it makes sense. Other times, challenges come when you don't expect them and when they don't make sense. But as far as I am aware, yeah, I've got one. You've probably got one too, a pulse, you're alive. You will have your fair share of things that happen that are not ideal in life. Some things which are really terrible and that you cannot control and that's the key thing because after 44 days of being home my little brother Jamie died he passed away from a heart condition that nobody knew that he had um, on the day it was a Saturday and I woke up opened my eyes I could hear my dad and my brother arguing about getting to football on time. He was saying, you're gonna make me late. I was going, don't worry, it's fine. I thought, oh, football, I'll go and watch that. So I went to go and watch the game. Uh, his team won 1-0. He was the captain of his team and he scored the goal. He loved sport. Um, and it was amazing. It was amazing, I felt so proud. But I didn't really ever tell him that I was proud of him. So like, you get on with your day. Um, I went out, did a, few, did a few bits, then came home. And he was playing on like Call of Duty. And like, there's like headset on, like tuned into Call of Duty. And um, I remember going into the room and I remember sort of seeing him playing it and thought, oh, okay, he's playing that. And I said, oh, well done today. And like, cool, he's like busy. Um, and I turned around and um, I, sh I didn't share this with the other groups. I shared it with you guys because I feel like it will be helpful, but also, um, I feel like you're able to understand what I'm saying here. As I started to walk out the room, I got under the door and it was like there was a force field and I, I stopped. And something was saying to me, I don't know what, just tell him, just tell him. So I, I stopped and I turned around and he was still playing Call of Duty. And I just went over to him and I just ruffled his hair and I just said, I'm proud of you. And I walked out. And that was the last time I ever spoke to him. Because that night, he had a heart attack. And there's a lot of things you can take from that. A lot of things you can take from that. But what I want to focus on today is if and when something happens that is of a level similar. And everyone has something, right? It doesn't have to be a league table of what's worse and what isn't. We go through emotions and we feel things. Some things are good, some things aren't. And when things aren't, it's really hard to crack on. But if you can remember, just from today, this. Get up more times than you fall down. You will have your next instructions. Get up. 
Whatever happens, don't figure it out. You don't need to figure it out, just get up. Because you're gonna get knocked down again. But if you just get up, at least you keep going. And at least you're still giving it a go. Now I can honestly say now, stood here, if any of you had a magic wand that we could wave that meant that I could give world championships back, anything else, um, businesses, all that, if I could give all that back and I could have my brother, you can have everything and I'll have him back. But I can't do that because it's in the past and we can't change the past. The past is in the past. However, what we can do is we can look at our challenges in the past and we can bring them to now and use them as strength for a better future for ourselves and others around us. That's what we chose to do. That's the reason why I stand here now. The reason why I talk about it. It's not easy to talk about. But if I don't talk about it, how am I gonna ever touch you in that way? How are you ever gonna be able to go, yeah, oh God, I can feel that. I know what I've, I need to do maybe if, if something happens like that, you know? I feel like a bit of a hypocrite if I stand here talking about challenge and don't share. So I have shared today and I've shared it in a slightly different way with you guys because again, I feel like the respect might be there because you're a bit older. So that is why the charity exists. Now, I hands down know that I, had, I would not have done some of the things that I have done or had the same attitude if that hadn't happened. And it has happened, remember, we can't change it. There's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with saying that you would not have achieved something if it wasn't for something bad. Because what's the other choice? Do nothing and still be in pain. That doesn't make sense. So you might as well try stuff and hopefully find ways to feel joy, pleasure and happiness. And one of the ways for me was fighting. But in a constructive way, I was fighting uh, in jiu-jitsu, sport jiu-jitsu. And I mentioned to you earlier about the gold, but that there that I'm holding there is a bronze medal trophy. There are extreme things like trophies and medals and money and other things, nice things that you can have and touch and feel. And then there are the intrinsic rewards, the lessons, the experiences, the feelings that you have. This bronze medal means more to me than the gold because out in Poland, it was really hard. That's where we were when we were competing for this. I was made team captain, there were six of us. We had a heavyweight, we had a light heavyweight, we had a middleweight, we had a lightweight, that was me, and then we had a featherweight or super lightweight, I can't remember what the tag was. And then we had our female fighter. Now we fought against, I think we fought against Poland and we fought against Kazakhstan and it was very, very clear that we were not gonna win this thing. The level was so high that we were just sort of thinking, okay, we're just, we're gonna get sort of, we're gonna get our asses handed to us here. But we kept turning up and we kept fighting and then we found ourselves in the third and fourth place playoff against Australia. What that meant was that whoever wins that fight is gonna get bronze medal, third place, you're gonna to get to go home with something to show. If you lose, you go home empty-handed. Now to go that far, get on a plane, do all the training, fight all the other fights, and go home empty-handed, that didn't sit well with me. I wanted something to show for it. So I went on first, and I won my fight. Then our heavyweight went on, got injured, and lost. Then our light heavyweight went on, got injured and lost. 
Then our female fighter went on, she won, but probably broke her nose. What's the score then? 2-2, two, two. Two, two. good. So then our middleweight went on, got injured, and lost. 3-2 down now, it's all up to the lightweight. He goes on and he wins. So now it's 3-3. Three, three. Now, take your minds back to the earlier part of the talk. Mr. Sudden Death here, going head to head in Sudden Death when it mattered. Well now, I already know what's happening. It's 3-3, three, three. there's one more bout. But the way that this organization did it was you got to choose any of your fighters and then they get to choose any of their fighters and you just have it out. Now, if you were Australia, who would you choose? Heavyweight, why? Heavyweight, got injured. Lightweight, got injured. Middleweight, got injured. That's looking pretty good for Australia then if they choose their heavyweight because whoever fights them is going to be so much lighter. And in sport jiu-jitsu where you can throw people, submit people, grapple people, that's a big advantage. Now I already know what's coming. I'm the heaviest who isn't injured. And at 76 kilos, I'm now going up against a 120 kilo giant. He's this tall, he's that big, and he looks like, like Mr. Olympia, but the Australian version. And my coach said to me as I was walking on, he grabbed the back of my like, gi, so like my suit, pulled me in, he goes, if you try and fight this guy, you're gonna lose. So I'm like, what do you mean, it's fighting. If you try and grapple this guy, you're gonna lose. He said, but there is one, it was like Doctor Strange on the Avengers, there is one possibility where you might win. And that is if you take his legs down and then get up and leave him on the floor. So usually what would happen if you get a takedown, you get your five points, you try and get a submission because you'd be in a good position. You might try and hold him there. You might try and hit him a few times, try and get a choke or an arm bar or something like that. But instead he said, leave him on the floor and get off and then like let him get up and then try and take him down again. Keep racking up the five points, five points, five points, instead of getting into a fight with him because he will be far stronger and far more superior. Now, those of you that maybe know Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu might be thinking, yeah, but that's made for the smaller guy. The rules are slightly different. We've got striking, so it makes it a bit different. If you're grappling with someone and they are bigger than you and they are punching you, it's almost, um, well, now that you're the smaller guy and you're being punched and grappled at the same time, all of a sudden that rule goes out the window a little bit because it hurts getting punched. So you start moving your body and then when you move your body, you're in a different position and then you're at a disadvantage. So I take him down. Five points, leave him there, get up. He then punches me in the, in the face, the hardest I've ever been punched. My head flipped back like a Pez container, right? And it stung so bad, and my eye was like already blowing up. And I'm like, oh no, what, what, <laughs> what is this? I'm not, I'm not getting it like that close to him again. So I took him down again, twice now, three times, four times. On the fourth time, I got a little bit cocky and I tried to submit him. Bad idea, I had his arm, I was about to do an arm bar on this guy and he basically bicep curled me off. And then he was about to submit me but they called the end of the round so I got away with it, luckily, otherwise that would've been it. So we get into the end of the round, the judges hold their colors up and I win three to one. Oh, it wasn't a drop to your knees moment, it was like, oh. <coughs> Some, some explicit words and goodness for that. So we got to leave with that and this one 
been the more meaningful achievement because of how much it took to get it. It's not about the extrinsic, it's about the internal, right? That's just a bit of metal. I got to keep that, they let me keep it because it's only what, like one of them. Everyone gets a medal, one trophy. My coach let me keep it, which is really cool. But I, I don't know where it is. Is it in the attic? Is it, I don't know. Because it's not about the thing, it's about the feeling and it's about the lesson and the learning and the story. And your challenges, whatever it is that you think is difficult, is probably a good idea to go towards that. Walk towards the things that you find difficult. Walk towards the things that scare you because inside of those things are opportunities for great experiences, great stories, great moments. Yeah, you might get a few extrinsic things. You might get paid good. You might get medal. You might get a trophy. You might get like whatever. But the real things that we're going to think about when we're on our deathbed aren't how many shiny objects we have or how much money we have but how much joy, love, happiness we felt and experienced with other people. And that's extrinsic. But that doesn't happen if you're not saying yes to opportunities, embracing challenge, and showing the resilience to keep on that journey. Guys, I mentioned earlier that starting the company in lockdown, it was um, a tough time because things weren't working out great in my current career. I was running the gym, it doesn't look like that anymore, we had to cut it in half, we had to shrink it down. At the same time, I was trying to write a book and I was trying to run these events where we'd go around the south of England and have people in a room like this and we would do talks and seminars about health, fitness, confidence, motivation. So it's really splitting me too finely and I'll be completely honest, which is why we're saying here about staying humble, I kind of dropped the ball a little bit. And show of hands, by the way, who in here would like to be either a manager or a business owner one day? Be honest. Cool. It's weird. It's like ambition sort of tanks the older you get. Or maybe you're just being shy because all the year sevens were like, yay. But whatever it is you end up doing, if you are in a position of responsibility, there is no one to blame but yourself. The buck stops with you. You heard that before? And with me here, being in charge meant I couldn't blame it on anyone else. I took my eye off the ball. I wasn't paying close enough attention. And what, what ended up happening was we had to shrink this gym down. The only way for me to make it work was to basically start all over again and then let someone else run it. That way I can still own it because it's important to me that I still have that option. But my time is not going here anymore. Someone else is running that. And the person that runs it came on board as a work experience kid when he was 14. And now he runs the gym because he took those opportunities and showed what he was capable of. But guys, if you're ever in a business situation where you have friends, family, business is business, school is school, football is football, like whatever it is that you do, that is what it is. Friendship is more meaningful than that. Please take it from me. There are people that I was really close to that I am not close to anymore and that's a shame. But that's because maybe I wasn't noticing what I was missing. And I hope that helps you at some point if it becomes relevant to you. It's hard enough as it is out there. Don't need to patronise you in any way. It's tough, there's challenges. One thing that's very different though, if you want to sort of trade a little bit of an idea, if we swapped times and I was sat with you, 
next to you, I know I would find it way harder than I found it when I did it for real. When I was like where you are, and teachers as well, we used to finish the day and it was done. And you could go home and you could have a, a meal and go to sleep and wake up the next day and it was a new day. Now it follows you everywhere because we're all connected through social media. So whatever happens, it just continues to happen. You're not stopping it and getting up the next day and starting it again. It just continues. I imagine that's quite difficult at times. I imagine the pressure is quite hard and quite high with all that information overload following you around everywhere. So you've got my respect straight away because I think I'd really struggle. But what we don't want to be doing, guys, is shutting doors on ourselves. We don't want to be shutting doors on our own possibilities because people are going to shut doors on you anyway. It's quite fitting that you guys came in and opened the door when I was talking about that though. Shutting doors. It's hard enough as it is, right? Because other people will take those things away from you. The way that you will shut doors on yourself is by telling yourself that you aren't good enough, telling yourself that you can't do something, or telling yourself that you are something that is not helpful. An example of this is if I told you whatever you do in the next 10 seconds, don't think about a blue tree. Stop it. Don't think about a blue tree. Whatever you do, no blue trees, no blue trees, no blue trees, no blue trees. It's really hard not to think about a blue tree, right? Now, if my goal was to have you think about a pink chair, why would I tell you not to think about a blue tree? I'm better off saying, think about a pink chair. The way that that connects with you in your mind is if you are telling yourself that you are something, you are something, you are something that isn't helpful, right? Something that is not helpful, like useless, rubbish, lazy, too fat, too this, too that. You will feel that thing. You'll blue tree yourself. Whereas instead of thinking about something useful, what we're trying to do, we're thinking about a pink chair, cool. You will not think about a blue tree if you think about a pink chair. This is all very cryptic, but what I'm saying here is, what would you like to be? Not what do you think you are that's not good, what would you like to be? And if you tell yourself, I'm gonna be that, I'm gonna be that, I want to be that, that's what I'm about, I'm about that, that's me. You don't share that with anyone, because sometimes I know what it's like, you don't wanna share it with anyone in case they laugh at you. You don't have to share it with anyone, it's you. Don't shut doors on yourself. As an employer, if your mum or dad writes me a letter for a job, I'm not opening that. Sorry, I've had it. Someone's mum or someone's dad writing them a... Come on. You have to be able to do that sort of thing yourself, guys. Don't shut the door on yourself. And that leads me to the next point. The conversations create, so don't wait. If you want an opening, if you want to get something, do it yourself. Don't let your mum or dad write that letter. As much as your mum and dad wants to help you, or whoever it is, your nan, your granddad, your carer, whoever it is, your big sister, your big brother, your mate, tell them, if you want to help me, help me write it. You send it, you've got an email address, send it from your email address. Because as an employer, if I receive an email from you and it says, hi Tommy, I saw a job application, um, I saw a job um, opening, I'm really interested, I'm not great at spelling, so please forgive the mistakes, 
but I'm really keen on knowing more about the job. You're going to get my attention, you're going to get my time. And that, I know I'm not talking just for me when I say that. Employers love a bit of that because the world doesn't do that, guys. The world lets mum or dad do it or like doesn't do it because thinks they won't want me. And that's what everyone's doing. You've got to do the opposite. If you want the opening, if you want the opportunity, it's just there but you might have to do something that's a little bit scary and a bit weird to get there. But that's the rules, that's the land, that's how it works. So bear that in mind as you go on through the next sort of chapter or two and you get a little bit triggered because someone else is doing something and you're re the reason you're triggered is because you know, oh, I could have done that, that could have been me. I could have done that, I want a bit of that in my life. The world's a big place. You guys have the internet. You can go and find these opportunities. And if there are people out there that can help you because they're in a certain position to do so, email them, phone them, do it yourself. Because conversations create opportunities. So guys, thank you for your time. It is a, a sort of strange um, thing to listen to someone talking, but I really want you to know it's a strange thing talking to you as well. Like I always think, what, like, why would you find it useful to hear about what, what I want to say or what I've done? So I've trod carefully to hopefully give you some stuff that might be useful. But what I will say is, remember um, the talk? There was only one talk I remembered when I was at school. Do you remember what that was? Yeah, the, guy, the cycle guy, yeah? I was sat there with my two mates, and we were all thinking, right, good for you, mate. That's really good for you that you did that cycle ride. I could never do that. I would never be able to achieve something like that. Well, this was a long time ago now. It was a year after my brother passed away. We did something for charity. Do you know what we did? We went and did it. Me and the mates that I was sat with, we did that. And that's weird, isn't it? But it wasn't our idea. Someone else said, listen, do you want to raise some money for the charity? We said, yeah, cool. He said, well, we can do this bike ride. It's called John O'Groats to Land's End. There's the opportunity. We said, yes. Was it hard? Yes, it was. There was a lot of like training and it was really difficult. The hills, the weather in Scotland, it was difficult. We did it in seven days, but the resilience is what made it happen. And the moment, that moment there at the finish line is one that I'll hold very close to my heart. But I just thought it was a bit strange how when I was thinking about doing, planning this talk, guys, that the only talk I ever remembered was the sky to John O'Groats to Land's End. And for me, Personally, that makes me realise that with an open mind, you just don't know what seeds go in. There might be something, and hopefully there is, that you take from this talk that you can apply into your life or think about doing now. Even if it's the practical one, don't let your mum and dad email an employer for you. But then there might be stuff that happens in like 20 years time. And you go, oh, that, that's weird, because that guy came with red shoes and a purple shirt and spoke about that that time. Huh, that's funny but don't underestimate the power of your mind and the ideas that have been planted when you have an open mind. Right, thank you, because I know it's difficult. I know it's sometimes hard sitting there listening and all that, but you have paid great attention. I, I appreciate that, because it's a lot harder for me when you don't. But I just wanted to say thank you and good luck for whatever it is that's around the corner. I appreciate your energy, appreciate your attention. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, guys.